Welcome to Bruja Baddies. This is Nicole. This is Daniel. And this is Jean. And this is a Panay podcast to magically disappoint your parents. <laughs> We're back. And it's almost the end of the year. I'm so excited uh, because this episode and next episode will be ending the season. But we got some good stuff ahead. Do we got any fan mail? Do people still like us, Nicole? Um, I think people like us. Um, let me, um, so, um, a little, some, someone who I have no idea who this is, uh, named Rhea Nilda, um, texted me. I don't know how they got my number, but they texted me and they said, hi, I just listened to the guilty pleasures and guilty slash shaming episode. So Mm -hmm. effing good. (laughs) Ray and I were listening to the guilt one the other day. We had a really good talk about how we experienced our childhood, the differences and similarities with our peers and being thankful and all of that. So, um, I mean, cool to know that also my nephew listens. Yeah. I was going to ask who's Ray. Ray is, um, the good boy nephew. He was at the wedding. Oh, right, 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 right. Not to Um, be, not to say that the other nephews are not good. No judgment, no judgment. Well, thank you, Rhea, and uh, indirectly, Ray, for listening to the episode. Um, Always nice to have a new listener or maybe a secret listener. Um, So thanks for uh, texting this person that you don't know, which is not (laughs) cool. Well, I will also say that, like, um, I don't think we've ever had a conversation really about shame. And so it was like a a nice... um, new level of intimacy between aunt cole and nibbling oh they're a real one we'll, we'll keep them they're, they're good <laughs> folks <laughs> um, here folks bruja baddies is wholesome family fun wow <laughs> a wholesome yeah <laughs> a family fun for sure <laughs> daniel will you tell us uh who's here today of course. Um, so we have a special guest today. So Jean Andrea, go back to UNLV days circa four years ago. Um, Jean initially met Drea as a student leader attending, is it New Leadership or NEW? Yes. Okay. <laughs> New Leadership Nevada 2018. Since then, Drea has gone off to get a PhD. Okay, a doctor at Cornell back east, far away from her home. She was born in the Bay Area, but was raised in Nevada. They reconnected connected after Jean's zine oh my gosh that's like Jean zine Jean zine <laughs> are you Filipino and fruitful fruitful conversations about being biracial were shared today we honor and appreciate Jerea for her time and the time difference to record this episode oh wait are you still like the east coast mm-hmm. seven o'clock over there oh my god well, we hope our be- uh, Brewabaddy listeners gain and grow from this conversation today. So hello, Drea. Hello. Hey. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been like binging the podcast since I like first discovered it, I think, over the summer this year. <laughs> so I'm like excited to put, I say faces to voices I've been hearing in my head. But yeah, I'm excited yeah. to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. For We love turning guests into, uh, or our listeners into guests. <laughs> Whoops. 
I'm like, I had my own inception. Vice versa. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so before we start, we like to check in before we start throwing uh, the hard and fast questions at you. How are you doing, Drea? I'm doing a lot better than I was this time last week. So like, mm. as Daniel mentioned, I'm getting my PhD and that is hard. <laughs> it is so hard. Like, I cannot lie, like, the past, like, three weeks. So I visited Vegas. I saw Jean, like, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, ever since I came back, I've, like, been so, like, fatigued and so, like, emotionally mm-hmm. exhausted. So, like, last week, three out of the five weekdays I came into lab, I come into my office and I, like, cry for, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done that this week. You know, I've been trying to lean into what I'm feeling. Um, and I realized that all of my, like coping tools I threw out the window last week so I've been Mm -hmm. like reintegrating them this week like exercising eating not processed foods journaling and so I've been feeling good today and uh it's Halloween this weekend and so my Mm -hmm. lab we like dress up um every Halloween and so our theme this year is Las Vegas so we were decorating our lab this like past afternoon with like bunch of stereotypical Vegas things like <laughs> absolutely hilarious like yeah Dre they, they have this in Vegas right and I'm like yeah I mean yes like we like got this uh, little toy uh slot machine and we taped it to the wall <laughs> to the entrance of our lab so people like just playing with it so yeah, so I'm doing a lot better. And then, uh, yeah, this weekend is going to make some tacos for Halloween. Ooh. So I'm excited. That sounds so delicious. And thank you for making crying at work like normal and real. Um, I think that a lot of people don't admit that. And like, um, so if you do, it's good for your health, I think. It's okay. If you feel it, like I just gotten to the point, if I feel like a cry is coming on, I let it happen. If I'm at the bench pipetting and I'm just like, you know what, let's let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Elsa 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, Nicole, how are you before this episode starts? Um, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I do want to thank Drea for um, sharing so much mm-hmm. <laughs> right off the bat. Um, I... I do have to agree that like, um, like it's been a time, right? Uh, and that considering everything that's going on in the world right now, just the state of the planet, um, mm-hmm. that crying wherever, especially at work, like should not be taboo. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it is uh, <laughs> rude. It's rude, but it is. Um, I, so my week, my couple weeks have been all right. Um, Heather and I finally finished painting our bedroom. Um, We're not completely done, but we are finally um, back in the bedroom as opposed to sleeping on our old mattress Mm. in the guest room, which was not good on our backs um, (laughs) and just affects everything else so like you know the amount of sleep that you're getting your Mm -hmm. your mood it's just it's a it's a terrible trickle down effect (laughs) but um yeah the week's the week's been good tiring but good yeah gosh talking about old mattresses you know 
back in my 20s, you know, just being okay with shit mattresses for a while. And, uh, and you really don't realize that does affect the whole day. You're right. You're right. I just, I guess I repress that part of like, it's okay, man, just get through this shit mattress. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just would encourage all, uh, folks with younger spines to, um, <laughs> for sure, uh, invest in a really good mattress because, yeah. um, that's going to help you out in the long run. That's really good. Practical advice. Uh, Daniel, how are you, my friend? Um, so wait a second. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm in, I'm currently in my classroom right now. And like, we're just, we just finished with like a professional development and mm. I'm kind of just like, get away from me, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last two weeks ago, my, uh, my advisory kids slash library volunteers and I, um, did a fundraiser, um, at mm. a school event, um, and we raised approximately $700 just, just selling aguas. So like Jamaica, Orchata, um, and Tamarindo. And I was just like, oh. perfect. That's what we're going to do. Yum. Because their goal is to um, go Korean barbecue. And I'm like, I'm down, but I'm not paying for it. So we're going to fundraise for it. Good. Um, Entrepreneurial. Yes. And then today and yesterday, we ended up uh, selling... Hi. Uh, we ended up selling esquites and um, esquites and cheesecake, and I think we got about a hundred dollars total. Okay, so we're, we're racking up the monies. Um, last also, week, like that sounds hella good. Yeah, yeah, really delicious. Not your good old standard baked goods, you know? Right. At first, we were kind of just like, this is kind of just like a weird, like combo. But then I was just like, that's the best kind of combo, though. Mm. Um, and then last week on Monday, I decided to get my third COVID booster shot. Oh, where'd you go also, for it? So like one on the left and then my flu shot on the right. And it's just been a long week of like recuperation. Mm. Um, I had the chills the whole week. Um, and I busted out my um, Animal Crossing New Horizons after a Good year of you. not playing are they all um, alive? <laughs> yes, they're oh, all it's, alive. It's because of the um the reannouncement or the the extended stuff. That too, but you know, I just needed some 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 time to think. But now I am I am a um what is it called? I am now building infrastructure for my island so that more people can come there. So wow. Nicole, if you'd like to visit, please let me know. Aww. You know, I I love when folks get on the animal crossing like you know um we got to get gene on there um but you know it's like a real um like communist uh like project i would say with dbr in it too but um yeah just uh getting the the bbdms tell me your your friend codes and I'm I'm gonna speak for Daniel and say that yes. we'll come visit you. <laughs> yes, please, please visit me. Um, wait, can I just like share my my island? It's called Kalamansi. Yeah. If you are Filipino, you would know that it's spelled with a K. So please, <laughs> my island is called Kalamansi. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
Daniel, I'm so thankful you showed up today. Uh, you know, I think that anybody who's listening to just Daniel talking right now uh, will realize how much teachers put in after hours. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, just kudos and not enough kudos for Daniel uh, as an educator, librarian, advisor, all that stuff. All the things that go under the title teacher. So, Regina tough Daniel. times. Yes. Okay. So like, uh, yeah, I have a busy weekend. I'm really trying to do like one thing a weekend, but you know, I, I do love Halloween festivities, but I am a scaredy cat. Uh, so there is a birthday this weekend. I'm going to my first drag brunch, uh, this weekend. I'm sorry. So I excited. love drag brunches. <laughs> I've never been. Yeah. I saw your footage. So I'm so excited, but yours was like East coast. Uh, and then I'm going to a Bassett meetup. I don't care about the other owners. I just want to cuddle other dogs. Um, so, so that's, mainly what I'm looking forward to. Um, this past weekend, I did a drawing gig uh, at a children's party. And I haven't done that in a while. So when people were like, hey, you want to do this? I was just like, honestly, I don't really actually do this anymore. Like, I, I teach art at UNLV. I, I just was doing this as a favor to my um, old friend, but cool. But the reason I, I remembered why I do what I do, which sometimes you forget when you're in long term in your career, is just like, it's kind of just cool to meet people who don't know you, but can strike a conversation about art. And also if nobody else knows this about me, I, so if you've ever sat for a caricature, you have to like hold the pose. Um, I know that's kind of painful sometimes. So I just like, I actually observe people and I can capture their features um, without them sitting still. So um, that's my superpower, um, but that's my updates. Um, glad we're all here today. Glad to have the whole gang and some, a friend from the East. So let's get to it. Woo. You said some friend from the East. <laughs> <laughs> you mean more to me, Dre. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. Wow. So rude. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Drea, what, um, how do you introduce yourself? Um, that is a, uh... A loaded, a loaded question. Yeah, it's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, okay, because um, you you are absolutely correct. Let me rephrase that. Um, when you are when you're among like Kababayan or like folks you know who maybe Kababayan, like how do you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I think because I'm so deep in it as a PhD student, my identity, I feel like in the forefront is uh, I'm, I'm a scientist. I am mm. a PhD candidate, PhD candidate versus PhD student just means that I have done some mm -hmm. milestone, not some milestone, it's a big milestone where now I'm like ready to do my dissertation research. So um, yeah, I normally, that's like the, in the forefront of my mind now, it's like, I'm a scientist. I, I do things with bugs, I make them sick, and I understand what it is that leads them to dine after they get sick, is kind of like the, like the gist of what I, I'm doing. Um, as a PhD candidate, uh, I also, the next thing that normally comes to mind, uh, aside from my identity as a grad student, is that I am a weeb. I, I love, I, 
I'm like, you can't see me right now, but I'm wearing fox ears that I got at uh, KatsuCon. It's a anime convention in Washington, D.C. It was my first East Coast con and also the last con I went to right before the pandemic hit. So uh, 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 miss cons. I do, too. And so I've um, been like I was telling Jean earlier that I've been like dressing up in all of my costume attire uh, to to work. Um, and so, like, yeah, another thing is I'm a cosplayer, so I'm a weird, yes! I, I like anime, I read the manga, and then I also make costumes of the characters that I really like. I, what is it, like, some of my, I'm, like, it's weird now, like, talking to younger people who watch anime, mm. and I'm, like, yeah, like, I cosplay Lady Tsunade, and they're, like, I watched Boruto and apparently I haven't watched Boruto since mm-hmm. finishing Shippuden because I'm like I'm done with Naruto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like done. It's like too much, too much for me. Um, but people are like, I it's getting to this point now when I've gone to cons and I interact with like I say younger. I mean I'm 26, 27, but talking to teenagers and they don't know who Lady Sunade is, it was like mm-hmm. kind of like breaks my heart. And I'm like, how it do you does. not know? <laughs> Um, I'm also a, I'm also a gamer. I haven't been as hardcore gamer since going to grad school. Mm-hmm. There's only so much capacity that I have, but when I do have the capacity to play games, I really love open world RPGs. Like I remember when The Last of Us Part Two came out, mm-hmm. and I binge I binged that over a weekend. That's so that was really fun, and I wish I had more time to do it. I've been playing what's it called Genshin Impact, though so it's like. It's so it's kind of like um, Breath of the Wild, like a okay. knockoff. It's like a Breath of the Wild knockoff that you can play for free. Uh, but they're like <laughs> in-game transactions if you want to have really cool characters that you want to play as. Right. Um, so so what I'm hearing is that you're a fucking nerd. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a long term. <laughs> A fucking nerd who's friends with another fucking nerd named Gene Munson. Um, how <laughs> that's so weird. I don't. I know. Uh, I am so surprised that y'all are friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like you know, like 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 attracts like. Uh, <laughs> or well, excuse me, that's the chemistry term I was trying to use. It's like like dissolves like. So, so that's not that's not the kind of analogy I want to make to me in these relationships. Uh, but um, it is Scorpio season, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, you said the last one was cosplayer, right? So, were you going to add anything more after cosplayer? Uh, I was going to add like I say, DEI advocate, I mm-hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion for people who may not be familiar with that. So. You know, it's and and I've come to like learn more and more about my life that there's a, a lot of structures put in place that keep people out. And so in mm-hmm. academia, there's this term called like a leaky pipeline. So there's this issue which you can see in like so many professional fields where there's a lot of white people mm-hmm. and you don't see a lot of non-whites. <laughs> anyone who's not white. Um, and so. Uh, in terms of like intersections, so I'm I'm not just a Filipino woman. I'm also black. My mom is from my mom immigrated here in 1993. Wow, she's uh, from the province of Negros, from this city called Bacolod. Um, 
say Sun City. I mean, that's like <laughs> she wasn't born in Bacolod. She was born in like this village that's like, like maybe a couple hours south of Bacolod, but it's like okay. this small impoverished village. And uh, and then my dad's a bl- he's my dad's black. He uh, was born in the south, and then part of the Great Black Migration. His family moved to San Francisco, where I was inevitably born one day. Um, wow! And, and so, uh, so it's like my experience at, at UNLV really was really informative about like putting me on this track of like DEI initiatives because like mm-hmm. at UNLV, like oh we're different, daring, and diverse. We're so diverse. We're the most diverse university. <laughs> like tied with one other school. <laughs> Listen, then- <laughs> UNLV doesn't use that term anymore because they oh, uh, really? surpassed diversity. Oh, so. what, what, they, whoa, whoa, what whoa. are they ascended to? I know. Uh, wait, There's a higher whatever, calling. Whatever's above that. I mean, I don't want to get gene fired. <laughs> so, uh, I, at least, I mean, I graduated in 2018. That's the slogan I remember they was using when I was last there. But that's what like fueled the fire in my soul because I was like, Tell me we're diverse one more time, and I'm looking at all the people who are teaching my classes. Ooh. Like, being, like <laughs> throughout Boom, my exactly. yeah, exactly throughout my entire education, not just at UNLV, but even like when I was in Clark County, like K through 12, I have never had a black instructor, a Filipino instructor, like, and that like always upsetted me. And even like when they would say how diverse we are, when you look at like like sciences, mm. I could count on my hands how many black students were in like the biology major for example mm-hmm. and so it's that that like really upsetted me and I was really tired of I was really tired of that rhetoric and I was just like man I want to be like part of this change where we have like where we're like you know students who look like us actually have instructors that come from mm-hmm. our backgrounds and so um and so now in my position uh as a PhD student as much as I can have the bandwidth and capacity, so I'm a student leader on my campus. I'm currently the president of our Black Grad and Professional Student Association, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of collaborative events with, uh, we have a diversity council, um, which is just um, a bunch of different student orgs of affinity groups. So we have like SAGA, which is our Society of Asian American Grad Student Association. We have a lot of acronyms. Right, right. There, yeah. I just, I just know like that's the Asian Association. We have like you know Q grads, uh, for um, and then we have like a Latin Association. It's yes, and because Cornell is super white, uh, it's mm-hmm. what we call it's a predominantly white institution. PWI. Some acronyms to throw at you, like UNLV mm-hmm. is an HSI or Hispanic serving institution. It's also a AAPI, uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander serving institution. It's a lot of like acronyms, but it's like these are all things that like funding agencies like look, I guess like look at, um, right? Pay attention to. And so when you're in a predominantly white space like where I'm at in upstate New York, having these types of affinity groups are really important to not like get lost in mm. like. It, get get lot you know like it's really isolating it's hard to find community like mm-hmm. it's very often where like you're not just the only to like black person like the only just brown person <laughs> like mm-hmm. like just the, this anyone who's not white in your department like that is 
such a common experience um, here and and like in like academia in general like when you get to like the terminal degrees like when you're pursuing a PhD like it's very it's a very common experience and so I have a lot of institutional anger and I want to see you know I want to see people like us in positions of like people who are running research labs and those who are like professors and people who are extremely knowledgeable. I mean, like we're all extremely knowledgeable in our own ways, of course, but like being out here, doing a job, being scientists, academics, scholars, you know. Yeah. I want to go back to two points here. So first off, um, I think it's really cool. Like geographically, your parents come from two ends of the world and come together and you exist. I think that's just... It really like makes me reflect on that. Like you are here and not only are you here, you're rocking the boat. Um, and then two, can you go back into like leaky pipeline? Can you like define that? Like, or can oh, you yes. That? Yes. So leaky pipeline is a term that a lot of academics use where, so we have like this, there are different pipelines of like, okay, you're an undergrad, doing research and then your next logical step is to be a graduate student, will it be mm-hmm. a master's student or you're going to get your PhD or some other type of doctoral degree. Um, and then from doctoral degree, go on to get a postdoc, which just means it's a job that you get after you get your PhD, but it's not quite like a professorship. Mm-hmm. And then from postdoc, you go on to having say like a tenured tenure track uh, faculty or professor position. And so with Leaky Pipeline are those where say like people like me who get out of the pipe at some point to the final destination of being a faculty member. And I have been like actually leaning more and more away from not calling it a Leaky Pipeline anymore. Where Mm. like, like you see fewer and fewer um, like black students, for example, like you'll see like maybe a lot of black undergrads then less black grad students, even less black postdocs, and then very, very few like black faculty. And the same like holds very true for Filipinos as well. Um, mm. You know, like with the eight, like the overrepresentation of Asians in academia, but like when you really look at the demographics of which Asian countries, it's really highly represented from people from China and Korea and like South Asia and India, I, I think as well. Yeah. I, and, and so, like, we have people from Southeast Asian countries, like, like the Philippines, you don't see people in a lot of professor positions as well. And right. so, and so I've come to think of it more as a strainer now. So instead of people, oh, like, I see, <laughs> instead of like leaking out at some sort of stage, it's more so like the environment that which people like us go into the the strainer is picking out who they actually want to come through, like those who fit mm-hmm. this mold who actually like fit and are like who they actually want in this environment. And that's how I kind of been coming to see it more as recently. Cause we have a lot of um, what we call it pipeline programs. So like there's mm-hmm. like the, so for undergraduates there's like, or even like not just undergraduates like there's the TRIO program um, and TRIO does things at the middle school and high school level. Like I was in gear up. Mm-hmm. I was also- uh, Were you in upward bound? I was in Upward Bound as well. Yeah, I was in those programs and I was in like high school and middle school. 
And then I was a McNair scholar in undergrad, mm-hmm. which is like, hey, what's up, McNair McNair, McNerds. Yeah, I was a McNair <laughs> scholar, which is like another like pipeline program. Like, like, uh, and it's, a, it's also a trio funded program. And then after McNair, I was in like this NIH National Institute of Health, like post baccalaureate mm. program. Now I'm a Ford Foundation fellow. So the Ford Foundation is like this fellowship, like is geared towards funding students who are from underrepresented racial and ethnic backgrounds and the U.S. professoriate. So I'm in another pipeline program, mm. but it's like. But it's like, you know, people end up not getting into these like professor positions. And I've just come to see it now that the environment is just really toxic and not great and conducive for people like us. That's what I've really come to learn. Man, my head is exploding, y'all. I mean, like you talked about all these pipeline programs and then I'm like for other like, especially like white folks with generational wealth, it's cutting a check, really. I mean, right. I mean, I could be wrong. yeah. Uh, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are my questions from the first question, Daniel. You've shared with us a lot of like different identity points. Um, what was it? Um, what was it like growing up trying to share your identities? Yes, it was hard because I felt like I didn't even know what I was. <laughs> mm. So like, um, my parents were like raising me and my siblings I think like when we were in elementary school I didn't really have a great concept of what race was I just knew that people looked different it didn't it wasn't weird for me to have like different people in your family because like my dad is black and my mom is Filipino but like I remember in elementary school a lot a lot of kids in Vegas we have a large like Latinx population so a lot of kids would assume I was like Mexican or Mm. or uh, they would think I was like Samoan Mm. um so like because I can look kind of racially ambiguous depending on like what I do and so um so trying to like so like when I was younger it was hard for me to express that like I'm not that I don't even know what that is um and then when like would talk to my parents about that my mom would be like oh I'm from the Philippines and like your dad's black and I was like oh okay and so I would go off and tell kids that and and my mom would like you know package me like adobo to take to school and so right. once I tell kids that like okay yeah my mom's Filipino and then they register that as Asian and then when I bring my food to school they're like it was that dog food you eat dog I remember Aww. this one time this one kid like asked me if I ate dog and I cried. And then the teacher put me in the corner because what I was being disgusted. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I, and I love my dad, but he's, I think this is like a survival mechanism. Mm. So this is just a horrible result of like this white supremacist society that we live in. That my dad was pretty anti black. So like mm. he, the moment that, I think I went into middle school. We started like box, use this box to, of um, what's it called? Relaxer to straighten my hair. Oh. And then like I, and it's like my hair isn't even that kinky. I, it's curly, mm. but it's like, oh, you can't go out having nappy hair. And then like my mom, she's has like beautiful straight hair and, and I uh, really, trying to aspire to that but my hair even straight it didn't look like that and so it was just Mm. 
telling people about like my cultural identity when I was younger was really hard for me because like I felt ashamed of being black um and it definitely didn't help going to like Filipino parties that my mom would take me to and like mm-hmm. the titas like don't want to touch me like everyone's like hugging and stuff and then it comes to me and my siblings and they're like Ugh, like wow like, it was it's the anti-blackness was so real for me when I was younger like I was just like, I'm not black, I'm Filipino. Like, mm-hmm. I'm Asian, I am not black. Like, kid, like, and so like, that's what I did a lot when I was younger. And like, very much like, I am not a black girl. I, anything but that. Even then my dad told me one time, like, <laughs> my dad's really much into like conspiracy theories. And so he was like, when anarchy hits and they start rounding up they're gonna start ramming up all the black people because black people ain't gonna stand up for that. So wow. you, better, you better tell them you Asian <laughs> so they don't pick you up. And I'm like, okay, dad, I guess. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, was, it was really wild. Um, and so it was just, I, when I was younger, I really would default to like trying to not be black. And then like, even when I did try to interact with other black children, I was mm-hmm. never black enough. It's like I wasn't black enough for black kids, but then I was too black for Asian people and like other Filipinos. Uh, so it's just like a really confusing time for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was hard and uh, like really a lot of shame um, at that time. And I, there was a time I really wanted to be Japanese. Like I was like, I want to be not, neither one of these uh, right. identities because of so much hate I had received from like 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 other Filipinos and then and then my whole issue with being black and then I've been a weeb since I was 10 so I was like I'm gonna be Japanese instead. <laughs> wow I mean uh, okay so yeah this makes a lot of sense and this kind of leads into the you know which I don't have to ask is the whole like pushback uh, situation and like I think what stood out for me in this last like bit that you were talking about is that um, the whole anti-blackness and white supremacy and survival for your dad, like that is, uh, that's a real thing. I mean, especially for um, your parents who would be probably labeled or deemed marginalized people. So um, the way they have translated that to you in terms of like protect yourself, but by cutting out or curating yourself, has been has been just a real thing. Like I, I think this is going to be very important for our listeners who share this. Um, but it also the importance of weaving out, right? Because you, there's a sub the subculture of creativity and imagination allow for you to kind of be in that kind of middle and create culture around that and create community with other. Um, marginalized people in this generation. And um, so this justifies why nerddom is crucial to society. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. It's like, it's, it's like I'm mad at my parents for what happened, but I also understand. Like these mm-hmm. are like survival mechanisms, like ways for me to like assimilate. So I don't, we don't experience any sort of harm that comes mm-hmm. our way. And so like, yeah, it's been, <laughs> Interesting is like not the best word to describe it, but the only way I can think of it right now. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, well, that was my, I didn't have to ask that question, but. I want to thank you so much for sharing all of that. Cause I am not going to pretend like I, um, mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not going to play like oppression politics. Um, because we, we know how fucking anti-black, uh, Filipinos yes. can be, um, uh, especially in the Philippines, um, so it like there's a very intimate look at how anti-blackness um affects identity and um i want to thank you for sharing that um of course it's like something that i've had it's so crazy how white supremacy works it works in such a way where people who are oppressed and marginalized continue to oppress and marginalize ourselves so Mm -hmm. that we are distracted from actually going after the true problem. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's really insidious. It's, it's really, it's really gross. Um, and how we, like, when you think about, and I've been like reading, it's, you know, it's Filipino heritage month. So I've been like trying to, you know, learn more about my Filipino heritage and learn about the history. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the country, the Philippines, like, has almost, like, four centuries of colonization by Spaniards. Mm-hmm. And and it's, like, really crazy to, to see of all, like, you know, the leftover influences of Spaniard colonization. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like people forget that Spaniards are also white. Um, <laughs> like, it, and, and um, just, like, adjacent to whiteness. Um, that like, you know, the lighter you are, you know, the better you'll be treated in this society. And, and so it's this, I don't know, this, and this is like things I think about a lot too with my identity, because like my dad is African-American descended from slaves brought here from West Africa. Mm -hmm. And then like my mom being, you know, like the Philippines, like having a, a similar in the sense of like an erasure of culture, mm-hmm. like a genocide of people, rape of people, like taking away a culture that belonged to the people who are indigenous to the Philippine islands and those who were stolen from Africa. And so it was really hard for me. Like I asked my mom one time, like, what, how would you describe Filipino culture? What is Filipino culture? Mm-hmm. And, and like, she's like, I don't know, we had, we have food. <laughs> we have food at Wawa Weed. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So is there like an ancient garb that we wear or something like that? And like, she could never answer that question for me. And so it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's like remembering that like, you know, as like Filipinos are an oppressed people as well. But like understanding like the context of like history and like how the oppressors kind of like it's just like like we're all puppets in this game and everyone's reaching towards to be this ideal Eurocentric thing. Um, and so if there's like one person that we can all like shit on, let's go shit on them so that we don't get shit on as much. It's so ugly how uh, just the racial wedge uh, really uh pits us against each other um I mean and that's a lot of like generational trauma Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so 
Um, I wonder, Drea, like, how are you? Because um, you are doing the most. Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're really in the trenches of academia. Like, so are you basically like ABD, like all but dissertation? Okay, so I have been saying ABD, but then I told that to someone else and they're like, Dre, you're not writing your dissertation. You're doing your research for your dissertation. And I was like, okay, then I guess I'm not ABD, but Whatever, I, I, you're did, ABD. I did, I, I am. And I'm out here like, I'm like, okay, like I, I did my comprehensive exam. I, I just got to do the, just do the thing and continue writing. I don't know, like, but yes, yes, yes. So you are like, you're really, yeah, like, there, you, do you have a Virgo placement in you, <laughs> A? Um, and B, like, in doing all of these things, like, what, and experiencing all of this, like, institutional um, violence, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um, also, like, dealing with, like, this spiritual violence of just existing mm-hmm. in a very anti-Black society, um, where do you find joy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, your first question did you say if I have like Virgo in what you do you have a Virgo placement on your birth chart I I have no idea (laughs) (laughs) gotta find out (laughs) um second question where do I find joy you know someone was talking to me the other day about like to have joy you have to really understand and feel the pain that you have like to really appreciate and feel joy as a feeling. And, and I've been doing a lot of that recently. Um, I find joy by connecting with the people who I love and who love me, like Jean, for example, like I find joy in, (laughs) in like, you know, our interactions, our connections. And I, I do that by really connecting with people who I I really love and and also I find joy in making space for people so like I've always like when I was younger I felt very alone I felt very isolated and I felt like I did I felt like I didn't really have a lot of friends I have my siblings and my siblings are my best friends I love them but I always felt like I had like a maternal position mm-hmm. over them because I'm the firstborn and I'm like the falto parent <laughs> yeah. <you> know, <laughs> I, like yeah um but that was yes so making space for people like the I find so much joy in like the types of events the types of service that I put on for like other marginalized students at Cornell's campus and even like abroad like I do I like I curate I created I I generated like this how to manage microaggressions workshop Mm -hmm. and like I've given that workshop to like other graduate students and incoming grad students because it's like we never really talk about the really fucked up shit white people be saying to you <laughs> like <laughs> like what and it's like it's not gonna stop they're they gonna keep doing it even if they had this quote-unquote racial awakening in 2020 they're still gonna keep doing it like right. a couple like a month ago a professor of my department stopped me and asked me whether or not I belonged in the building and mm. I was like and so it's, it's like being able to like talk and have open conversations about that and how you know what type of resources or what you can do in situations like that. It's like, it's crazy about microaggressions as a form of racism is that like people don't see it as that bad. It's like no one's calling you a slur or like 
doing a hate mm-hmm. crime, but it's like with that type of racism when it happens over and over and over again, that's like that's where it becomes like violent and like really destructive to people who experience those on a daily and frequent basis. And so finding joy in like helping other people not just survive and thrive in the impact in, in this environment. Really. Wow. Finding joy in activism. That's a tough one, but you're doing it. It's, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. It's hard, but I was just like, currently I don't know what else I can do unless like a civil war starts up, then you know, it's not <laughs> happening yet. But <laughs> until then, this is what I got best. Well, at least you won't take your dad's advice and not say that you're <laughs> not black, you know, in that sense. And he's like, just be Asian. So I'll ask, you know, I mean, you've already, you've already done the most in this episode. Um, but do you have any pieces of wisdom for um, folks like you or folks hoping to, um, or who are in the midst of some kind of self-discovery when it comes to being biracial or multiracial? Um, do you have any pieces of wisdom? Uh, first of all, you're not like half or a quarter mm-hmm. of anything. You are Black, you are Filipino, you are like, like own that before I would say I'm like, I'm half this I'm half that I'm like no like I am this I am that and so really like owning like both cultures even if there are certain nuances that you don't get of either like mm-hmm. it's okay knowing that we're not a monolith has been really impactful for me that like they're like, okay, white people can be all types of people. They can be skaters, they can be countrymen, they can be city boys, they can be rockers, they can be punk stars, skateboarders, football, like anything. White people can be everything. But why do we gotta be like, why do we all have to be like, like all Asian people like this? Like we all have to like mm-hmm. eat rice. Like, like I remember this is one Filipino I was I went to high school with, she hated rice. And she would get shit on for not liking rice. And I'm just like, okay, you know, that's, like, weird to me, but, like, I'm going to, like, accept you for who you are, mm-hmm. that you don't fucks with rice. I get it. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I don't get it, but, it's like, I'm going to respect you. So it's, like, really owning that, like, yeah, I am Black, and I'm a nerd, and it's, like, that that can exist at the same time, like, and and it's valid. And so, um, like, I, I believe the term is blurred hey. <laughs> yeah, according, like, according to the internet yes actually bl- blurred con is on my list of cons to go to in 2022 so yes but i i would also like to point out like um is, uh that yes there is this like overarching theme of like white folks can be like uh, 10 different shades of mayo or whatever and have like all these different like job opportunities or like professions but let's also remember and give and actually like uh like recognize black folks who are at the root of everything cool in society right on the flip side everything yeah. everything and like things that are not widely considered as like black things um like mm-hmm. punk like that's very much rooted in like black culture and right. or rock even, and roll like, too right yes rock yeah. and roll edm music literally anything cool um 
comes from black folks Mm -hmm. so um, sorry when you said that I got like chills so thank you (laughs) yeah Um, well thank you thank you for well we're gonna hit the racks before we do any send-offs to our wonderful listeners and our wonderful guests um Drea what do you what are three recs you have fun useful or just trash that you love you know what I mean so whatever I love oh god (laughs) okay so first I did want to uh highlight another black filipina who's like out there and super visible her name is asia jackson she's an actress yes we love her family. <laughs> yes like i'm like i cannot tell you how impactful it was for me to discover her existence because <laughs> i'm like oh my god that's me so um yes asia jackson check her if you don't know who she is um i finished reading this uh audio book it's a book too um it's called unapologetic it's a black queer feminist Mandate for Radical Change uh, by Charlene Caruthers. Caruthers? Caruthers, I think. Excuse me. Excuse me, Charlene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so if you want to educate yourself and learn more about the intersections of being Black and queer and being a feminist and, and learning more about how white supremacy fucks all of us up that's a great read and it's only like it's like a six hour audiobook I think mm. so definitely recommend that um and then I love anime and I want to give y'all anime recommendations Yee. so I just finished season two it's called Mari Mashta Irima-kun and it's this cute like slice of life anime for, please forgive me the way I described this, but this boy <laughs> who's like being exploited by his parents, like I say exploited, he they make him work a lot. Okay. And mm-hmm. so this like demon lord from the underworld like takes him as his grandson and then he goes to this demon school and tries to fit in with like the other demon kids. And it's Ooh. super it's super cute. I love it. And uh yeah. Okay. Thank you for those. I'm gonna. Where did you uh, watch that show? Was it Crunchyroll? Was it? Gosh, my husband and I have been bootlegging anime currently. (laughs) (laughs) It's like kiss anime. (laughs) I hate admitting that, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Nicole, what's your rex? Well, let me say that like um, anime needs to be more accessible to folks. Yes. Um, I'm just. I'm just kidding. Um, I support bootlegging. Um, <laughs> um, at at the expense of like wealthy people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, my recommendations are um, there's a band slash artist uh, that I just heard about, uh, but they've been around forever. Uh, they go by um, Urbanation. Um, and they are, uh, oh boy, I'm pulling it up right now. So it's Bianca, um, dot JPEG on Instagram, Bianca Ocampo, who is like a, who does a shoegaze music, I would say. Um, and I think they're out at UC Davis. Um, so, um, and a Pinai. So, uh, you know, I've been having my fill of, little indie Asians and indie Pinos um, <laughs> musically. Um, and my second recommendation is um, 
I just watched uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> Did yeah. you really? Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, so I forget that I have like access to HBO Max. So I've been um, binging a bunch of things. Um, and I, I just want it to be a friend or an enemies to friends to lovers trope oh in, the, in the monster world. Like we should just let this happen. There's enough going on in society that our monsters should just be able to, you know, hang out and do shit. Can you imagine like Godzilla and King Kong like a meet cute? Oh my gosh. Um, someone please make it happen. Um, I remember seeing a zine of, um, it was like Bowser and Luigi. Um, but I'll, I'll have to refine refine it um oh and then my other recommendation is if you are in the vicinity of UNLV um if you find yourself in the <laughs> fine arts building um Professor Munson's got some free zines out there Ooh. um I for sure uh could not remember where <laughs> where in HFA this was located <laughs> so um if you know where the photo lab is, it's just the floor underneath that. <laughs> so any UNLV listeners. Um, no, it was a fun adventure. And I thank you and your class for, <gasps> for giving you. folks um, this lovely gift of art and zines. Thank you. Um, Daniel? Yes. Um, three recommendations. Um, while I was recuperating from my um, shot festival um, <laughs> or vaccine festival, um, I finished um, After Parties by the late Anthony Viazna So. Um, I'm not sure if I'm uh, correctly pronouncing his name. He mm -hmm. is a queer Cambodian um, author. Um, and After Parties, um, very poignant. And it's all about like the Cambodian American experience. Um, and it was, and also like queer Cambodian experience. And a lot of the things that he brings up within like the Cambodian American experience kind of um, meshes with like the Philippine, queer Filipino American experience. Um, so uh, if you would like, go ahead and read that book. It's, it's on like multiple holds at the libraries here in Las Vegas. But you know, if you have a, a way to bootleg that book, bootleg it. Um, um, number two, uh, trying out new recipes. I started putting wine and stew because Ooh. French recipes, because why not? And I think I'm going to continue putting wine in stews. Ooh. Um, Yes, I tried some beef bourguignon, and it might be part of my future bistro menu. Um, and then lastly, block spam callers because fuck them. <laughs> they usually call around nine or ten o'clock in the morning. Oof. Like I, I so too. like earlier when um uh, when like I logged on, like there was like three or four spam callers all leaving the same message, and there's like. Like, you haven't paid your electric bill. And I was like, bruh, I pay my electric bill because it's on automatic payment. <laughs> like, there is no way. So I don't know what's happening over there, but I blocked them all. So you're welcome. And those are my recommendations. Thank you. <laughs> all right. My three, um, first and foremost, I want to shout out Vogue Robinson. She's a local Black poet and educator. 
Uh, I just had the privilege and honor to be in her classroom this past weekend at a conference. And she just really brings out any poet out of anybody. Um, so shout out to her, follow her on Instagram. I think that's exactly how you spell it on there, Vogue Robinson. Number two, follow Cozy because some cool shit's gonna go down in November with us. So um, those who are zinesters or wanting to be zinesters or wanna know what zines are, uh, we're gonna try and have a thing. So follow us at Cozy LV C. O-Z-I-L-V. <laughs> I forgot to spell for a second. And lastly, I'm part of a new group um, that isn't plot disposing. It's Capua Comics, K-A-P-W-A Comics. Um, we're kind of like from all over the place, Canada, uh, here, East Coast. So, um, and it's mainly the first group assembled for this are mostly women. So um, there's like only a few dudes and it was a guy who founded it. So Quincy founded Capua, so, but you know, the ladies be taken over. And so it's a new comic collab crew, <laughs> the alliteration here, on all things Filipino. So um, yeah, we're gonna come out with our own cast of Filipino characters. I'm dabbling if my character will be a Lola or um, a thick heroine uh, fighting fat phobia. We'll see what happens. How many on the- that thick? <laughs> 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 like five right right <laughs> uh, any last words for our guests from our co-host today before she signs off and does what she has to do out there east coast thank you again for being with us and for sharing um your precious time and mm-hmm. um please do come again mm-hmm. yeah cool. And also let us know once you're a, a, a doctora, we'll be mm-hmm. rooting for you. Oh my God. Yes. You know, I always wanted, I never got a debutante when I turned 18. <gasps> so I was like, I should do a debutante. I got my PhD. Oh my yes. God. Oh yes. my God. PH debut. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. I will. Y'all can come through. <laughs> I will choreograph your cotillion. Uh, <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> that's like alliteration to the max dr drea darby debutante oh shit actually i love that yes write that down that's so good um <laughs> well, write that down <laughs> y'all heard it here first um so again thank you so much for your time and i hope we have you on the show again um maybe for the weeboo part or maybe for the gamers so um we do have gamer friends <laughs> as Nicole knows this. Um, any last words, Jay, before we sign off? Um, remember to drink water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, move your body at least 30 minutes a day and know that you're not responsible for other people's actions and Ooh. their feelings. So, Ooh. you know, <laughs> prioritize your peace. <laughs> okay, everyone, this is Jean. This is Daniel. This is Nicole. Drea. <laughs> this is a Penai podcast to magically disappoint white supremacists. Hey. Yes. You have your face. Hey. Hi. Hi.